Welcome to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. On today's episode of our daily NYFF 59 edition, NYFF Director of Programming Dennis Lim sits down with director Apichapong Wersethical and actress Tilda Swinton to discuss Memoria, a main slate selection of this year's festival. Collective and personal ghosts hover over every frame of Memoria, somehow the grandest yet most becalmed of Apichapong Wersethical's works. Inspired by the Thai director's own memories and those of people he encountered while traveling across Colombia, the film follows Jessica, a wholly immersed Tilda Swinton, an expat botanist visiting her hospitalized sister in Bogota. While there, she becomes ever more disturbed by an abyssal sound that haunts her sleepless nights and bleary-eyed days, compelling her to seek help in identifying its origins. Thus begins a personal journey that's also historical excavation, in a film of profound serenity that, like Jessica's sound, lodges itself in the viewer's brain as it traverses city and country, climaxing in an extraordinary extended encounter with a rural farmer that exists on a precipice between life and death. Memoria won the jury prize at the 2021 Cannes Film Festival. To learn more and get tickets for this year's NYFF, taking place through this Sunday, visit filmlink.org. Enjoy this conversation with a Pichapong Wersethical and actress Tilda Swinton. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Dennis Lim, the director of programming of the festival. Uh, I'm very pleased today to be joined by one of our great directors and one of our great actors, uh, Apichapang Wersethical and Tilda Swinton. Please welcome them. Thank you so much, uh, both of you, for being here. Thank um, you. I know it's been, we were just saying backstage, it's been, it's been many years since you've come. And, and Tilda, of course, this is the third film that you have in the festival. So it's, it's great that you're finally able to be with us. So thank you. Um, I'm going to start with uh, a question um, for um, Apichapong, which is that you've talked for several years about wanting to make a film outside Thailand. And you've talked for several years about wanting to make a film with Tilda. Um, who you've known for many years. Can you talk about how these two impulses came together in the character of Jessica, the country of Colombia, and Memoria? Well, thank you. Uh, first of all, it's really a pleasure to be here after more, almost 10 years now, and be here, so it feels really nice. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, this, this is a, a long dream of us to, to work together but uh, we didn't know what was this dream. And in 2017, I had a chance to be in Colombia uh, as part of the FIXI, uh, Cartagena. The film festival in Cartagena, yeah. Yeah, yeah Cartagena. And, and I have to repeat this because I, they, were, they were doing a tribute for me and, and the, the night that they show these clips from my past films, it's very well made. And I feel very emotional. I, I feel like uh, it was like a funeral, you know. And I was like, oh, I'm old. <laughs> and, uh, but, but it feel good. It feel like the, the end of something, the end of the chapter. And I, it's quite symbolic. Like, I want to, to make something new you know, of Thailand. And then I, you know, after Katayana, I, I had a chance to travel uh, around the country in many cities. And, during that time, I had this exploding head syndrome. That, that was its call, this symptom of bang, 
Is that is it similar to what we to to Jessica's condition in the film? Uh, not as extreme, you know, because it's it's more. It's, it's like a sleep. Inside. It's a sleep. It's not a sound. It's something like a idea of sound. It's okay. It's not jumpy. Is it something that's experienced when you're asleep or no? When when I was waking up. Okay. Early in the morning, and I didn't know what it was until much even after writing this film, then I I found online that. This is what it's called, you know, and 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 with personal issues there, I, I started to to really connect with people, talking. Uh, went to many hospitals, because I love hospitals. Uh, <laughs> I grew up. Uh, my parents were doctors, so that that um, feel familiar. But but somehow I, I started to hear stories, traumas and hope and yeah and memories started yeah. Um. Maybe you can both talk a little bit about um, creating the character of Jessica. I know that your process is always intensely collaborative and in that you really bring the actors into the creation of their characters. Um, you often draw on their own lives or their own memories. And, and I'm wondering how Jessica took shape for, for both of you. Well, for me, I hmm, because, because in Thailand, I, I had my memory. I have my roots. And so. Or, or my actors close to me, you know, so it's it's about bringing that out. But mm -hmm. for here, I'm just absorbing, and and my my reference was Jessica from I Walk with a Zombie mm -hmm. by Jack Turner, you know, the same name Jessica Holland. She's comatose and she just she's sleepwalking. She's sleepwalking mm -hmm. through the sound of the mm -hmm. voodoo drum, yeah. and and so we went there and yeah. I should let you answer that process. Yeah. Well, we never we never talked about character at all. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't think of Jessica as a character. I th I think of her as a predicament. Um, and uh, our first impulse when we started talking about making a feature film together, because we have made other gestures together. We've co-curated a right. film festival in Thailand, and we've made some short pieces. But, but from the very beginning of our correspondence about this film, we knew that uh, we had to tackle the issue of where we would be. I mean, we knew we wanted to work together, and we knew we wanted to work together in a sort of atmosphere, a sort of dreamscape, um, which, is, which is a, you know, a, as usual with with Joe, but particularly for me to be to enter into this dreamscape with him, and we quite quickly uh, I voiced a concern about entering a dreamscape in Thailand. I didn't know how I could possibly uh, fit in, uh, and so and so very soon we went okay. Let's let's place it in a somewhere where we are both strangers. That was very significant mm -hmm. and then we looked for the place mm -hmm. but in thinking about uh, the predicament of jessica you know it was something like 17 years this conversation <laughs> and so every year there was another element another layer or another leaf that fell off the tree and became the mulch of the film and there was joe's experience with his exploding head syndrome and his insomnia mm. um, and there was my personal experience of grief bereavement and we just sort of mixed it all in, this sense of, uh, of Jessica dislocated. So it, was more, it wasn't to do with building a character. Mm. It was to do with um, finding an environment in which she could be mm. as dislocated and as, 
and as connected, not disconnected, di dislocated and connected. Uh, and, and, and all of these personal experiences added to that, this feeling of being slightly outside mm -hmm. of, of society, yeah. outside of the, of, of the running of the world, meaning that she was completely connected with nature. Mm -hmm. Joe, I want to hear you talk about this, of this what, what Tilda was just talking about, the idea of being, being outside. I mean, you've, all your, your feature films, at least, have all been um, shot in Thailand. I think you might have made one or two short films outside. Uh, installation. Installation in work, right. Jaja in Dilbar, right, yeah. Dilbar, yeah. But um, this time, you know, just being in unfamiliar envir an unfamiliar environment for you, um, can you talk about that as a, a plus or a minus or, or both? Yeah, that turned out to be the best thing for us, mm. uh, not knowing don't understand uh, so I again I didn't know and then the first day of shooting was it's like adjusting and mm. absorbing just like Tilda said just to be you know and and personally with my past film too I was not that much interested in the background of the characters you know we didn't know how long the husband has passed or you know how long have she been in Colombia so it was just about that mm. moment and how um, how she or how I like uh, feel at that uh, in the weather, the light, and and the fact that we always shoot uh, shot in long take, yeah. you know, thirty five millimeter is one big row, fourteen minutes, so it's on like right. so so she and other actors has to to be really acute feelings mm -hmm. and and along the way uh, we shot chronologically as much as we could um, mm -hmm. so it's, it's about adjusting day by day and and so Yompu, our DOP mm -hmm. he he's, he's very you know uh, how you say prefer minimal mm -hmm. intrusion you know of light and things. so it's it's like 360 almost of space right yeah so um, unlike in Thailand I I know you know, how to get this chair and how people dress and stuff. But in Colombia, I had no idea. So I, I just kind of release and relax and release a sense of control. Mm -hmm. And I just trust the team. Mm -hmm. And we have so many beautiful crew members. Yeah. And, and the, the beautiful thing is that uh, it, we had a show in, in Bogota and other cities in Colombia just before here. And, mm -hmm. and, and it seemed like incredible that people could connect it and with the film and, and feel many people told us it's, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a really uh, relevant portrait for them, mm. for especially Bogota, this kind of yeah. Yeah, weather and yeah. <laughs> color. Weather is very pronounced in the film. Um, Tilda, do you want to talk about this this process of just um, negotiating this unfamiliar environment together? Yeah, I mean, it, I I thought it was um, I, I always thought of it as a huge blessing. This feeling of of us being lost. It it was sort of what we wanted, wasn't it? We wanted to go and not know what we were doing, and um, and and we really drove into the curve of that. Joe and I, as aliens in Colombia, you know, held by our beautiful Colombian team, family. Um, but we, we really made a virtue of that feeling of, of divesting ourselves of, 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 of knowing too much about what we wanted. And to keep, 
to keep that atmosphere of um, stillness, mm -hmm. of, 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 of unplan mm -hmm. in Jessica in particular. And uh, yeah, it w I mean, if you're going to do that, Colombia is a very good place to do it because there's, you know, so much to just be quiet and listen to and watch. Um, but I think it, when I think of what Joe said, that, you know, when you work in your own backyard, you're constantly making choices because you know it all. So you're going, not this, not that, yes, not that, not that. But, but all we were in Colombia were these kind of incomers mm -hmm. traveling and, and, and really trying to make a virtue of being lost. You're kind of describing yourselves as just, you know, sponges or antenna, yeah. like just sort of, you know, taking in uh, stimuli in some way. But I'm wondering if there was an active research process as well. I'm, I'm thinking about the title, which I think refers not just to personal history, but political history. Um, and much as in your Thai films, I think politics is always on the edge of the frame, just as I think Colombian recent Colombian history is is present here too so I'm wondering if that was something that you know you 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 both felt you had to negotiate well that's what we were looking for yeah. when we because we knew that we wanted and I that we spoke before about the first sort of uh, on the back of a of an envelope uh, series of the menu that we knew we wanted to touch in the film that we were going to make in 17 years time we knew we wanted this lostness and this sense of of, of connectedness but we also wanted very much to continue uh, the work uh, that Joe uh, you know ha has made so often about the reverberation of trauma in the land and the reverberation in Thailand and for myself as a Scot, the reverberation of, of, of trauma in Scotland. But to find a third place that, that gave that to us, that was a task. And that was a task for several years, finding that place. And when Joe first went to Cartagena, and, and I went soon after, and he wrote to me and said, it's Colombia. That's the third pill. That's what we need. Um, it was that reverberation mm. in the culture and in the land and in the people of trauma uh, that we really that we really were looking for. And of course, ironically, history being what it is, in 2019, we thought we were making a film very much about the past. And then 2021, it seems uh, we are make, we've made a film about the present. Yeah. Um, we thought the film was going to come out last year. But the fact that it's coming out now has, I mean, in, we just came from Bogota yesterday morning and uh, having had these screenings and having taken the film back to the village where we shot it, and the resonance of the film for Colombians seems to be really quite immense. Yes, I, you know, as I travel around, you know, 2017, 18, and listen to many people, and there's some shared, you know, stories um, or, or feelings through through sound. You know, for example, uh, people would, you know, 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, you're just driving, and then this bang, you know, you. Frozen in the car, you, know, you just didn't know is it a gunshot or yeah. explosion or fireworks, you know. So all this anticipation and you know decoding is is really shared stories of people there. And the film, for me, in some instances, there are collage. There are collage of my memories there. You know, for example, the the man who just jumped down with the 
sound of the bus tire explosion. Yeah, that that what I saw in Bogota. Yeah, and and many other stories. Can you say a bit about responding to Bogota? I actually, you know, people often associate your films with you know, rural environments or the jungle, but I love seeing cities in your films, actually. Um, and uh, I know you have a background in architecture, and I think you shoot built in, the built environment in a really interesting way, and you've obviously found some very interesting spaces in, in, in Bogota that we see, especially in the first half of the film. Yes, uh, my original plan was the Amazon, the Amazonia, but but then I, I'm hooked in, I was hooked in Bogota because of this huge, um, massive mountain and yeah. architecture and, you know, the brick colors, you know, all this. And it's really shifting all the time. It's almost like you are in communication or negotiation with nature. You know, you have to leave the house with umbrellas or many things because it could be sunny, raining, and big wind at the same day. So, so I love this uh, communication and, and try to express this in the film. Yeah. I'm just going to ask maybe a couple more. Sorry, I have so many questions, <laughs> but uh, uh, and then I will take some from from uh, from the audience. Um, we have to talk about sound. Um, sound has always been such an important part of your work, but you've really made it central here. Um, wondering if you can talk about that. It, sound, it sounds like it's connected to this exploding head um, syndrome that you experienced. Um, but I also wanted to hear you both talk about the extraordinary climax of the film, which is basically just like a whole movie, like an, you know, like a whole audio play, essentially, that, that we experience at the end of the movie. Uh, in the scene with Jessica and Hernan. So um, if you can talk a bit about sound and also that, specifically that uh, scene. I'm very curious to hear Tilda the experience of playing a scene like that too. Yeah. Yes, for me, with the bass of this bang, no, with my head, I try to you know, connect. And, and I remember just lying there every morning, just listening. You know, and then you, you realize that you're listening to the birds, you're listening to the car. And I found that, oh, you know, this, this is a very cinematic experience, just, just be, you know. And so in Bogota, I just un, you know, unconsciously just be in certain, you know, this place that is almost like Jessica, you know, collecting sound and image, like a cinema. And, and I feel like um, it's almost a meditative practice uh, and, and it's only available in this kind of setting, you know, in, in, the, in the theater and collective, but at the same time individual, you know, because even the same sound, you approach it differently according to your own experience, your own memories. And, and I found it, um, you know, I've been doing that in other films, but also this film in particular is, is the focus, you know, of, of this being aware yeah, and, and it also relates to being aware of your internal mm -hmm. vibration, internal grief or happiness. And, and the key is, is to accept that and to embrace that and, and you liberate it. That's what I believe. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really what your frame does, Joe, because the, the combination of the, the order of your frame, the rigor of your frame, and the width of it, 
and, and then also these very long takes because to step into the frame, to speak as, a, as, as somebody inside that frame, it's like sort of, you know, those massive bubbles that you see in the parks. It's like the surface tension, which is spread over this very wide piece of street or side of a hill or, you know, the bank of a river. Um, and to feel, the, the, as I say, the rigor of that, but then also the freedom within it. So um, those long takes mean that the rhythm uh, not just the sound, but actually the pulse of the film mm. is in, in the hands of, of all the people in the frame, including all the birds. You know, I mean, when I see the film and I, and I notice those little birds that suddenly appear, you, you almost feel that Joe arranged them, um, and he kind of did, of <laughs> course. Um, but they are, you know, they also contribute to the pulse. And when you're in the frame as a human um, uh, bird, you you're relating to all of that. So when we came to that final scene, because the film is in many ways a mystery story, you know, it starts with this question mark, what is this sound? And, in, and we've talked a lot about, about Jessica being um, simply a predicament, but that's, that's it, that's her, that's her brief. What is this sound? That's it, I'm not gonna give up anything more about myself, I'm just gonna, you know, walk around trying to find out what this sound is, and, and we knew that at the end, we would find out. Um, but of course, in terms of the making of it, we didn't have that sound. It was entirely imaginary. Um, and it was, it was an extraordinary piece of work for all of us to set up the frame and to set up the atmosphere to kind of, to know that eventually, months later in a, in a sound uh, studio in, uh, in Bangkok, or <laughs> that what we were proposing was going to be. It was a strange piece of, 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 of sort of tightrope time travel and trust to know that what we were responding to would be in the future. And so there it is, and I, we were right to trust. But it was a sort of leap to imagine what would satisfy this question. What, what's, what, what are the answers that are actually going to put this thing to rest? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did. We just played with, with that. Joe, can you talk about that, designing that, that soundscape? So was that already clear in your mind as you were shooting? Mm, no, not or, really. No. Not okay. really. It's, it's about, like you said, building up, you know, and trying, uh, working with the sound designer, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, not only the bang, but also sure. other things that contribute to the the image. Mm -hmm. you know, that's we many times we have to change or extend the length right. of each shot for, because of the sound. It, it's happened for all films, of course, but for this film is is particular. <laughs> you know, it's, we spend sure. a lot of time trying, you know, the right, and and then it continue to now. Because this morning I was still talking with Neon about, you know, have you calibrated the sound here for this? Because this afternoon also I'm going to calibrate for mm -hmm. for the premiere, the, yep. the public premiere. So so it's it's all about that because if we set certain level, it, it's like this, and then this is better, for example, because mm -hmm. some birds appear. Mm -hmm. you know, so so this 
yeah. dealing with sound is it, is really interesting for me. This film, yeah, um, yeah, and and it just feel like um, how do you say personal? Sure. Yeah. 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 So Tilda, acting with this imagined sounds in your head, like <laughs> did you did you talk a lot about what these sounds would be? Or were you? Did you both have, have your your ideas? We did. I mean, we are always talking, um, and but no acting, <laughs> purely responding, mm -hmm. um, and responding to conversations that we had and suggestions that that Joe made. But at the same time, each take, and we did even the that last very long scene we did do I think three takes mm. um, which is quite a chunk of change you yeah. know it's, um, yeah. and I sp and each one of course was a little bit different mm -hmm. um, and responsive to that particular moment for example there's rain very for me very beautifully rain on the landscape that there is no rain visibly in but there, were, there was a take where there was a lot of wind. Mm -hmm. And that meant something different because that could have translated as rain. Right. But when there was no wind and the leaves were still, mm. then there was a sort of clear thoroughfare, thoroughfare right. of understanding to the fact that there was rain, which means there was this disconnect, which means there was this kind of strange collision. Right. Um, so it was quite, I mean, I suppose, I'd never thought of this before, but it was, making that was a little bit like being in the sound uh, studio and calibrating the sound. Mm -hmm. We were kind of calibrating the shapes of ourselves, Hernan, um, uh, Elkin and I, a little bit like a sound engineer calibrates, yeah. you know. Right. Uh, it, was, it was quite, uh, yeah, it was in forensic, which <laughs> we loved. Yeah, I, I remember like I whisper yeah. to you, you know, some words along the way, and you grab or not some, and then mm -hmm. take it in yeah. your own way. And yeah. Because it's, again, like a whole take. Sure. Uh, from the beginning to, you know, all this. So right. it's, it's, um, it's so amazing to to witness to the, you know, this transformation. And for us, the crew member, some were crying after the cut. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, Take home limited edition merch from this year's 59th New York Film Festival. The official NYFF 59 poster, designed by artist Kara Walker, plus original NYFF t-shirts, hats, and more, are now available. Shop online at filmlink.org merch, or during the festival at Alice Tully Hall and the Eleanor Bunin Monroe Film Center. Uh, just one more question, and then we'll open it up. Uh, I Does... Um, Fireflies, the publisher, has uh, put out a book about, a really beautiful book about the making of Memoria. Um, so it's unusual to have this book at the same time, you know, as we're seeing the film. In some cases, people might even see the book before the film. And one thing that's striking is that there's so much else going on in, in, in terms of that you had been thinking about that we don't see in, in, in the film. And I'm wondering if this process of it sounds like you had ideas that you actually shot and, and that are not in the film. And I'm wondering if this process of reduction, which I know is always part of your process, was it more extreme here? And how do you feel about having this, you know, sort of 
this constellation of stories, um, I actually love it because to me it's very much part of your project, this idea that like the stories, the film itself is, you know, continues to expand outside the frame and like there are all these sort of phantom limbs of these, you know, stories almost that um, ghosts, that, that, that these other stories function as kind of ghosts that haunt it in a way. So I'm wondering how you feel about this, 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 um, this project and also the, the, the process of um, reduction that seems like it was a big part of fine, arriving at the final film. Yes, um, this film is quite extreme yeah. that in that regard of reduction. And so that means I have another kind of film in my head, in my memory. Um, but at a certain point, you know, in the editing, me and Lee in Thailand, we were like, no, we just need Jessica to follow her, just to to be aware and, and to give space for people to also fill in through her, you know, their own takes or whatever. Yeah. So so mm. so if you want another film, you have to buy this book. Memory, <laughs> like yeah. Are you doing anything with any of that footage, or is it just gone forever? I did one already. Uh, it's like a satellite video okay. um, of uh, Tilda's, Jessica's sleeping you know, the end oh, of yeah. the day. It's in our exhibition, right? In the exhibition yeah. in France. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And Tilda, what's it like for you watching this film? That's you know a sort of distilled version of everything you shot and, and well, talked it's, about. It's usually that way in the sense that uh, you know there are always bits left out uh, we're dealing with montage after all but but I didn't because of um, uh, situations um, that we all know about I wasn't able to be um, around for the edit and so I, I very often have seen several edits before so I sort of get used to the final cut of a film but I still I know I think now I'm uh, I've sort of closed my book on what the film is but of course the first time you see uh, a film that is so edited as this one is there's so many sections and so many sort of curlicues that have gone um, I, you know you need a couple of screenings to really go oh all oh right that's not there that's not there I now know what it is but I would say that I feel the presence of those other adventures yeah. I, I mean maybe this is only me because I know that they exist but they do feel like they inform. That, you know, there's, a, for example, an adventure involving the character of Hernan, the older Hernan, played by Elkin Diaz at the end of the film, um, involving explosions and his life, which I feel informs. Somehow that's still there in him. There's, there's, there's still that sort of underbelly of those explosions in his performance. And uh, that's my luxury, because I, I know what's not there. Um, but those of you who go and buy the book, you'll also know what's not there. I think that's true. I mean, I saw the film, read the book, and then saw the film again. And I think there's actually kind of a, a productive confusion yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah. of you know trying to remember which yeah. which is where. Yeah. Um, okay, we will take a few um, audience questions. Uh, it's a little. Okay, I see some a hand at the very back. If you, yeah. Another question about sound, I guess specifically about um, location sound, um, which is always very important to you, and also how that um, affected you, Tilda, in your performance. Yeah, it's about being there. So we record, you know, we try to always use live sound, and it's about the presence, no? Presence of sound, and that, and also, of course, later, 
is more and more, you know, the acuteness of Jessica, you know, when Ernan show her how to stop, you know, she, she, he just refused to continue, you know, in the film, you know, because we go this and suddenly, hey, I'm, I'm stopped. So Jessica is confronted with it. So, okay, what I'm going to do? How I'm going to carry the movie? And so she just listened. And that we, of course, add more uh, sound from Thailand, from the birds, so it's a mixture of my, my sound library and, and the memory, yeah. And in the end, you know, with Revelation at the table, you know, we mix with post-production of your memory, Aiken, and also the sound from the first record sound, music of human history, you know, from France, you know, that singing voice there. Yeah, among others. Yeah. Uh, Tilda, did you want to address oh, this? Sorry. Um, no, it was it was all welcome. I mean, it was it was it was invited to the table. It was that in many ways, the sound of everything else was uh, was the sound we needed because Jessica is is responding. She's she doesn't say much. You know, she's a she's a she doesn't she doesn't offer much she certainly doesn't offer much by way of sound i mean one of the one of the things that i was so uh was such a rich experience for me is i i really love um inarticulacy and particularly in in performance and in in narrative um the idea that we are all incredibly fluent and we can understand each other and we can communicate very easily is not my experience of life. Um, and I love to see the, the, the silence and the, the tentativeness of humans, particularly when we, we see it in animals. But I, I think the animal part of us is really interesting for, in the cinema, particularly. And so her, she's out of her own language. We, we flag up immediately that she, her Spanish is really quite ropey. That's very important. She's not someone who's um, relying on sound herself. And so the sound of the world around her is everything. And it's interesting because we've talked about being lost, but the truth is that, that Joe's frame, as I described, and also his, the atmosphere that he sets up with his frame and with the team is actually quite rigorous and, and organized but the reason that it's organized is so that all of that is welcome. So, you know, there's a backfiring bus or there's a, you know, there's someone shouting in the street or there's birds or there's dogs or the children, doesn't matter. It's all welcome. That's what we're, that's what that rigor, that's what that vessel is set up to capture. And um, so in terms of my experience in that frame, uh, that was it. That was my task was just to go and experience all of this and to respond to it with no plan, you know, it wasn't like, oh, there's a dog barking. That's not what I wanted, I needed to be quiet. No, if the dog was barking, then that's what was in the scene. Um, and that's, that's grace, you know, for my, for my money, that's a really graceful environment to work in. I was actually curious, how is your Spanish, both of you? Oh. Jessica's level? Fluent, or? absolutely fluent. <laughs> as fluent as my tie. <laughs> The question is about developing the language for, for Jessica um, as she describes her condition. Language. I think how she speaks, yeah, about how she speaks about it. 
Yeah, that that the, the scene. I personally love that scene in the in the uh, engineering in the, with yeah. the sound engineer. For me, it's kind of cinema, or you know, to for Jessica for any for an artist in any medium to say, I've got this thing in my head. I don't know how to describe it to you, but I'm going to try. <laughs> That's it. That's the project, and and he says, okay, I'm up for it. Okay, try again. You didn't mean that. Okay, try again. What word could describe? You know, we, there's this. What I love, rather like what I was saying about inarticulacy. There's this agreement that it's impossible. You know, there's this moment when she says, which is the truest sentence of all. You know, I'm sure it sounds different in my head. Well, everything we think sounds different in our own head. You know, everything we feel sounds and feels different in our heart. It's getting it out there that's that's society. And art, and I, I think that scene is really extraordinary in that sense. And I particularly love that the solution comes by looking at established industrial movie, like you know, off the peg, whatever it is, you know, punch hoodie, stomach, whatever. They but, exist, man. They yeah, they they exist, but they're useful. You know, they 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 actually they're able to build it out of using everything. I think we can take a couple more. So yeah, over there. For for both of them, yeah. uh, the question is about um, your your personal connection to nature and how that informs your process. It it's um, important because it's how I, I grew up in this town and I work in Bangkok for ten something years and I couldn't stand it. I have to move to to this place in the north of Thailand and now I'm a hermit. Is there, I just feel I don't know. Feel protected and feel, you know, in fact, surrounded by life, you know, and 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 for me is I don't know. I'm just grateful, you know. So I try to translate this into the film. This idea, yeah. Yeah, I I um, grew up in the country. I'm a rural beast um, and I live again in the country and I remember when we were shooting um, when we left Bogota uh, to go back to the to the country it was that this sense of relief having said that like any country child I I, I love cities I, I get very overexcited in cities and uh, and find the experience overstimulating <laughs> uh, to a degree which means I can never stay in a metropolis for very long. Uh, I have to kind of go out and breathe. And funnily enough, I, I noticed when I watched the film the other day, there was something that we intended, which actually bears true in the film, which is that Jessica's ability to speak Spanish actually increases as the film goes on. You know, she gets into the country and then she's fl more fluent. Um, and, and, and I felt that that was something quite true of my own experience, that the city of Bogota, which is a city I've come to love, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty full on in every way. And to, to, to then go out, as we did last week when we went back to the village, back to the hills, you can breathe easier, you can hear easier, and you can, you can just uh, kind of take your place. I mean, what I love about, about a rural environment is just how small one becomes. And cities, you know, you're required to be bigger than... I naturally feel 
so taking your place in the country is, is my drug of choice. Okay, one final question. Yeah, we'll go to the back again, yeah? The question is about a scene with the dog and whether that was a, a, a pivotal moment in terms of uh, the character's bravery. Yes, because the whole action was just try to connect you know, the whole film. So from many sources, from, you know, young Ernan, he, he tried to deliver the sound for her and older Ernan, you know, also delivering his silent, his stop, you know, stopping. And the dog also continue, contribute to that, you know, just, just to, um, to, to, to observe, you know, and to, um, how you say, to be brave. And, and, but then it left her. No, so so all these instances is, is to allow uh, Jessica and the audience just to I don't know to to be immersed in different feelings, you know, of fear, of curiosity, and you know, but yeah. So so she's a medium, yeah, and through all this life and in circumstances. Yeah. And my sense was that the dog mm. provides a sort of the dog's like a messenger. Almost in an Egyptian sense, you know, um, and looks a little bit like one of those those dogs uh, from ancient scrolls. That that the dog is a brings a message of company somehow at that particular point. It's almost like the dog leads her to the country uh, and and provides this sort of dialogue. And she is nervous of the dog, but then she looks after the dog, and the dog leaves her. Um, I think it's a, a sort of pivot about company somehow, the relationship. Having been solitary for so long, the dog is a, yeah, yeah, is, a, is some kind of fellow. I'm afraid that's all the time we have for, but I want to thank both of you so much for being here this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for coming. Enjoying NYFF? Don't miss festival selections opening soon at Film at Lincoln Center, including Todd Haynes' The Velvet Underground, Mia Hansen Loeb's Bergman Island, the late Melvin Van Peebles' Sweet Sweet Back's Badass Song in a new 4K restoration, and much more. For tickets and more info, visit filmlink.org.